welcome once again. And today I want to be talking to you about how your relationships determine your future. And as you'll see in the scripture, there's a way that Jesus shows that we as people, the people of God, are like good seeds and that the world is like a field. And so where we are planted in the world often determines how we actually uh, produce and how our future goes. And relationships, the people we place ourselves around, are absolutely vital in terms of determining where we go and where we end up in our lives. Of course, we've spoken a lot about the things like the power of our words. The truth is the words do define the course of our lives, but we need to add other elements to the other fundamental principles. And what we call the power of soil around a seed, or what I'm going to call that, is vital for your growth and for your future. And so relationships can determine the course of your life. You see, you can have a seed that is healthy and strong, full of potential, but if it's not planted in good soil, it will not become what it was meant to be. The problem is not with the seed in itself. You see, God gave us good seed and made us, and made us good seed. The problem is the soil. And as Jesus shows in the parable of the sower, we are the good seed. The, the scripture says in Matthew 13, the field is the world, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. And so a seed is full of life and potential, but if it is planted in soil full of stones, weeds, thorns, it will grow only a little and it will not produce what it should. It may survive, but it certainly won't thrive or be healthy. And this is the same principle in life. You are a seed. You're full of gifts, talents, potential. But if you plant yourself in unhealthy soil, you won't bear the fruit that you should. And in this context, the soil where we're planted is the environment around us. In other words, if you hang out with friends who pull you down, and if you're in an environment limited by people full of unbelief, uh, then you won't see the growth that you should be seeing. Not because there's anything wrong with your seed. The problem is the soil, the stones, the thorns, the weeds that are suffocating the life out of your seed. You see, that's what the Lord Jesus told us in the parable of the sower. And I'm going to read it to you now from Matthew 13, 3 to 8. And the scripture says, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Hallelujah. You see, some seed was sown into good soil and produced a large harvest. That's what the Lord wants for us. But other seed was sown into rocky ground, and it didn't produce much. Another, again, was sown on land where there were thorns and that prevented it from growing. The seed was the same every time. What made the difference was the soil. And I believe that all these obstacles to seed growth are people that we allow around us. You see, thorns are those friends who keep trying to get you uh, back to the things of the world. Weeds are those companions of yours who kind of gossip all day and, and dampen you out. 
Rocks are the ones who tell you that uh, all the reasons why you can't make it, why you can't be an overcomer. There are some types of relationships that can take you into the valley and help instead of helping you climb the mountains of the Lord. So you need to be aware of those who lessen the fear of God in you. You need to be aware of those who make everything look normal and acceptable, everything in the world. Huh? You need to be aware of those who despise your faith and diminish the glory of your victories when you're talking about something wonderful that's happened and they always pull you down. And beware also of those who laugh at your spiritual experience or have that kind of mocking spirit the whole time. Uh, you see, the value of any relationship can be measured by its contribution to your achieving God's purpose in your life. If you walk around with negative people, they'll choke your seed. You may have friends who are fun and popular to be with, with whom you like to party, but, you'll, but what you don't realize is that they are being a weed to you. They're preventing you from flourishing. The environment in which you place yourself is extremely important for your spiritual life. And so no matter how good the seed is, it depends on having good soil. And you need to be selective, therefore, with whom you walk. There are people who are contagious. What, what uh, they have will get on you over the course of time. And this is kind of negative and positive. There's an old Indian proverb that says, if you run with the dogs, you're going to catch fleas. But the book of Proverbs says in 13 and 20, he who walks with the wise shall be wise but the companion of fools shall be destroyed so everything depends upon whom you walk with who are your friends who you listen to who you have around you most of the time and of course i'm not talking about you know separating yourself like a monk hiding behind walls and never witnessing or evangelizing or being salt and light to anyone obviously not but i'm talking about your companions uh, the people you do life with and walk with, you need to be surrounded by those who are going to champion you, who value your gift, mm, who love your presence, who constantly encourage you. And when you have a dream, yeah, they say to you, yes, you can do it. With the Lord, all things are possible. Those are the people are gonna, who are going to help you as a seed grow and multiply and be all that God has called you to be. You see, if your friends use drugs, you'll probably end up using them as well. If they're sensual, then their sensuality will get on you. If your friends have limited thinking as well, if they have no purpose in life, no motivation, then that limited mindset will be passed on to you. You know, even lazy friends can make you lazy. There's a study that shows if you walk around with lazy people, literally you become lazy. Overweight people, if you hang out with them the whole time, you tend to get overweight as well. You see, you become similar to the people with whom you constantly associate. So don't be around people who have nothing good for you to receive. If they're not making you better, if they're not inspiring you, then you need to pull these weeds out of your life. Stop hanging around with thorny friends too, people who bring out the worst in you, make fun of you, of your dreams, and make you lessen your commitment to God. Their negativity is contaminating to your soul. Your destiny is too important to waste on people who are not adding value to your life. The problem is, you don't want to hurt their feelings, but the question is, what if you miss your purpose for your life? What if they choke your seed and prevent you from blooming? And let's remember, friends, you only get one life. This is your opportunity to do something wonderful for the Lord.
You see, you need to understand that it's not enough to focus on growth itself. You also need to observe the soil where you're planted. Look around at what is influencing you and what are you you're spending your time on. If the soil around you is contaminated, uh, and then your seed can't grow in bad soil. And if you don't get rid of the wrong people, uh, maybe you'll never find the right people to come into your life because you're already surrounded. Uh, and that's why Jesus said in Matthew 10 and 34 that he had not come for peace, but to bring a sword. There are times when the Lord will actually have you cut off a relationship. Uh, he'll show you that that's not healthy for your progress. Uh, you'll suddenly realize that person is constantly pulling you down and pulling you back, throwing water on the fire. And if you hang around that person, then you won't have the motivation and the inspiration to get up and do all God's called you to do. And remember this, my friend, God's called you to do great things. Jesus said, these things that I do, you shall do and greater things that you, you will do. Even Jesus himself surrounded him, himself by 12 disciples most of the time. And most of the time were encouraging. Okay, So if he did that, and certainly you and I need to as well. Here's the key. God will never ask us to give up something without giving us something bigger and better in return. Uh, if you have to let go of a few friends, then you'll be lonely for a time. But in the end, God will give you new friends, better friends, people who will build you up instead of bringing you down. So here's my first thought for you today. Uh, you will not bear fruit surrounded by weeds. Now, in the book of Genesis, we read about God speaking to Abraham to leave his father's country and his household. You see, God wanted him to go to a new land, a better land. Abraham left. But he took his father with him. Abraham's father was named Terah. And do you know what that means? Terah literally means delay. Isn't that remarkable? Because his father was still with him, Abraham was late or delayed in reaching his destination. After his father died, Abraham took his nephew Lot with him. And then a short time later, he and Lot had a disagreement. There was so much conflict and discussion and debate between his shepherds and Lot's shepherds. And so Lot decided to move down to the valleys and down to Sodom and Gomorrah and round there uh, in order not to have the, the conflict with Abraham's shepherds. But Abraham still felt responsible. Uh, so he had to go and rescue him after Lot got in all that trouble there. You see, Abraham spent a lot of time and energy involved in a problem that he didn't need to have got into. If he had left his household as God had commanded, you see, he was meant to leave them all behind and go to Canaan on his own. And so he carried into his future things that he should have left in the, in the past. And that stopped him or it slowed him down from fulfilling the destiny that God had for him. You see, some of the struggles we go through are precisely because we don't leave the things that God has told us to leave. What is interesting is that the name Lot means veil or cover. You see, when you leave Lot, the veil will be removed and you'll see things you've never seen. New friendships, uh, new things, new blessings, new lands, new things for you to conquer. But while those other friends are around, there's a veil over your eyes and you're not seeing all the things that God has for you. You're not, you're not receiving all the dreams that God has for you because your mind's full of those negative words. Are you holding on to someone that God told you to leave? Is there someone or something that is pulling you down, preventing you from fulfilling God's purpose and destiny for you? 
Now, when I say that you need to separate, I don't mean that you have to make a public announcement saying, hey, you're contaminating me. Get away. Don't come near me anymore. Don't do that. Just start to move away little by little. Decide to spend less time with certain people. I know that you may like these people and wonder if it's your responsibility to change them. And you must continue, obviously, to pray for them and to witness to them. But they must change before they can walk closely to you. Now, here's the second thought. The person who does not help you will inevitably hinder you. It's either one thing or the other. There's no such thing as neutrality in these relationships. They're either inspiring you forward or they're pulling you back. And so we need to be careful with people who don't add anything to our lives, but who end up causing us to miss out or lose opportunities that come our way. I remember when I went up to university, I got befriended by a guy who was constantly kind of pulling me down and pulling me into things that I shouldn't have got into. And it's just a waste of time. And I'm not blaming him. We were both pretty lost and probably not helping one another. But that sort of friendship wasn't edifying, wasn't helpful for me at the time. Always ask yourself, what is this person contributing to me? Uh, to help me achieve God's purposes for my life. If they don't make you better, they'll end up making you worse. And the most dangerous people are those who cause us to lose our fear of God, our reverence for Him. And the place you go depends upon the people you allow around you. Can you see that today? The people around you will determine the experiences you have with God. The people around you will feed feed your strength or your weakness in you. It's either one thing or the other. That's why I love to be around people who are God-fearing, God-revering. People who are constantly thinking of heaven, of eternity. Uh, People are thinking of the future. People are thinking of their departure from this world. When we get to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be recompensed uh, for the work that we've done in our flesh. It's great to be around those people because they constantly inspire you uh, to do your utmost for his highest each and every day. And that's why you can choose who is close around you. You've got to choose well. You don't need damp squads, swabs. You don't need people who put out your fire. You need people to constantly make you revere the Lord, make you think of the Lord, the, 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 uh, to be sober and to be alert, to remember the promises, to remember the rewards, and also to remember, if necessary, the disciplines. You see, all of us, I believe, need somebody like uh, Jonathan had an armor bearer who encouraged him. Remember when Jonathan went out to defeat the Philistines uh, and his father Saul, he didn't tell his father Saul because he knew his father Saul would try and pull him back. But his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Here I am with you. In other words, we need people around us that when, when we sense the call of God, when we sense the direction of God, when we know we're not called to just accept the status quo and live a limited life, Uh, or to live just uh, uh, a natural life. We need somebody like Jonathan, uh, his armor bearer, to come and speak to us and say, you can do it. If God be for you, who can be against you? Do you have that kind of person in your life? Have you surrounded yourself with people like that in your life? Uh, That when you ask questions, they're not always seeing the negative side. They're not always pulling you back. There are some people who feel like they're set up in this world to constantly be contentious, to constantly paint the negative picture. Uh, 
to constantly say, look, the rain's coming and it won't be possible. You want to surround yourself by people who say, if God be for you, who can be against you? You want to surround yourself by people who, who constantly say to you, look, God's grace is sufficient no matter the circumstances. Hallelujah. With those people, you'll go further. With those people, you'll be much more fruitful. You see, you will not be able to bear fruit if you're surrounded by weeds. A companion who is constantly complaining about his or her boss, jealous of others, angry at their spouse, that sort of person is a weed. They're contaminating everything around them, all the soil around them. They're preventing those around them from flourishing. Uh, now, they can certainly be transformed, but as long as they're not, you mustn't allow them to be too close to you, to pollute you. Be kind to everyone, of course, but don't invest time, your time, with everyone. Your time's precious. It's the most precious thing you've got. Be selective about whom you allow close into your life. Don't spend time with negative, critical, jealous, petty, bitter people. I value far too much what God has given me to put my seed into this bad environment where it can be contaminated all the time. You see, we have a responsibility. God gave each one of us a gift. He could have created anyone to be anyone else to be alive uh, today and in this hour, but he chose you and he put you on earth right now and the place that you're at. And you're a seed that's full of potential. And there's greatness within the seed. You know, it looks small and powerless, but you know, a seed dropping inside of the crack in a concrete pavement can literally break it open. You see, there's greatness within you and your seed can set a new standard for your family. You can write a new future, a new history. If you sometimes separate yourself from the things of the past, perhaps, you know, from mentalities of the past. Otherwise, you'll just repeat the same thing generation after generation. Your seed can break generational curses. Maybe you come from a family where parents and grandparents uh, have always been poor. But your seed, if you allow yourself to get around the right type of people, you can break that curse off of the next generation, off your generation. And instead of uh, having a new generation that is still under poverty, you can be the generation of prosperity. You see, what God has given you is extremely valuable. And what you need to do is make sure your seed that you are planted in good soil. So sometimes we wonder, why are we feeling so dry and, or why are we not growing as we want to? And if that's the case for you, the first thing you should do is check your soil, check your relationships. Are you in a contaminated environment? Who are you spending time with? What are you paying attention to? You see, you can watch the news all day, and, but it's difficult if you do to live a positive, faith-filled life. After 20 minutes or so, you'll probably feel depressed. Pay attention to your environment. You know, there's an old expression, giggo, garbage in, garbage out. If you're feasting on garbage all day, then garbage is going to come out of you. Uh, depending on what's coming in, that eventually will come out. Whether it's spiritual things or physical things you eat, in the end, you're the result of what you eat. So be careful about what you're watching. The news, for example, I made a decision a while ago, instead of watching the news, just to read it. And it's amazing the difference that it makes because when you watch something and you hear it and you see it, 
you'll find that you react much more. Uh, if you watch a political debate, it can either put you in a very uh, uh, positive mood or negative mood. You can see your, your mood change depending on what's happening on the screen. When you're reading something, it allows you to be more objective. The spirit of it doesn't get on you. And there's so many negative things in life which we have no control over. So we need to be selective about what we do control. You know, when, so when you're driving to work, for example, instead of just listening to the bad news, put on that wonderful worship music that inspires you to live your best, to worship God, to fulfill your destiny. Listen to a sermon that builds your faith, that reminds you that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Not a sermon that points its finger and tells you all your faults. No, no, no. A sermon that constantly says, uh, because of Jesus, all things are possible. A sermon that reminds you that even if you've made mistakes, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And that Christ has already paid for those mistakes. Amen. And that you are still the righteousness of God in Christ. And that means you can always boldly come to the throne room of grace to find help and obtain mercy in the time of need. You see, at home, I encourage you, don't leave the television on all day. That will just contaminate the land. You want to keep good soil around you. It's one of the reasons why people aren't growing. They're talented, they have potential, but their soil has been contaminated. So you need to protect that environment around you. And when you face difficulties, more than ever, you need to keep your mind full of thoughts of faith. You also need to surround yourself with people who, who talk about hope and life, people who agree with what you believe. Don't let negative and unbelieving people pollute your soil. There's so many challenges in life. We need those around us who are going to encourage us when we face those challenges. This brings me to my third thought today. The environment you allow around you Will determine the future of your seed and here i just want to remind you of another well-known story in the gospel of mark in chapter 5 so in verse 39 of chapter 5 of the gospel of mark we read this when he jesus came in he said to them why make this commotion and weep the child is not dead but sleeping and they ridiculed him but when he had put them all outside he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. And then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Hallelujah. You see, you've got to protect the environment around you. Only allow people uh, with the same faith to get around you when you're facing great difficulties. At times, Jesus Literally, he divided the disciples because he needed those around him who would also believe. Jesus went to, the, to pray for this girl who had died. And when he got to the house, everyone was crying. That shows you where they were at. So the Lord told them the girl wasn't dead. She was just asleep. And of course, when, when they heard that, they began to laugh and mock. People who laugh and mock about the things of God, the promises of God. When you've got faith and they, they snigger at you, they're not the people you need around you at the time. So the Lord Jesus then asked everyone out, out of the room. He said, get out of the room. Huh? Only Peter, James and John stayed with him at that moment. And then, only then, did he speak to the, to the girl and she was, she was healed. You see, why did Jesus make them leave? He could have healed her in front of everyone. After all, he is God. 
The fact, however, is that he was showing us the importance of having the right environment. If you allow it, the doubt and negativity of other people can be transferred to you. You have to, uh, you, so you have to place some limits around your life and around your ministry. Hallelujah. You have to say at times, look, I love you, but I won't let you poison me. I have a purpose to fulfill. Uh, you'll have to stay out of the room right now. Amen. Hallelujah. So this brings us to our fourth thought, which is this. The soil is as important as the seed. Now, this principle happened uh, to the spies in the book of Exodus. And you remember that, uh, that Moses sent 12 men to spy on the promised land and 10 came back and you remember their words they said effectively Moses we've got no chance they're giants in the land compared to them we seem as grasshoppers but the other two spies Joshua and ja uh, Joshua and Caleb they had a different report they said Moses we're more than able uh, we'll go up immediately to take possession of this land but let's remember the negative report affected the majority the 10 spies what they said spread around the camp and before long two million israelites were discouraged complaining and wanting to go back to egypt where they'd been slaves imagine that was negative environment a negative soil god promised them victory but they never experienced it because their soil was contaminated you see, this seed couldn't grow in that negative environment. And in fact, God had to separate Joshua and Caleb from those people. And the people you allow around you are extremely important. Find friends and colleagues like Joshua and Caleb. You see, they won't pour water on your flame, but they'll stoke the fire within you. Otherwise, people will literally can stop you entering into the promised land, entering into the promises of God that God has for you. He's prepared for you in Christ Jesus. See, critics and pessimists, they're like the 10 out of the 12 spies. The 10 out of the 12 were negative. And that's probably the average, if we're honest about it. 80% of people will tell you that you can't do it, but you have to find the 20% who tell you that you can do it that God's with you. You see, I believe that a lot of the victory that I've personally experienced and God's favor in my life has come because I've been around the right kind of people. I can't take credit for all, all of this because it's the result really of God's goodness of putting these people into my life to encourage me. It's one of the reasons I came to live and work in Brazil because I wanted to be surrounded by men and women of faith who constantly encourage me who believe in the gift and the anointing that God has given me. And that allows me to flourish even more. As I've said before, we should all be in places, not where we're tolerated, but where we're celebrated. When you're in that kind of environment, you'll always achieve much more. Some people are always amazed about how much I do, but it's because of that, because I've got people championing me and encouraging me and shouting for me and saying, Giles, you can do it, hallelujah. And that creates a positive environment. Amen. My wife, Sylvie, also is really good at saying positive things to our children. She tells them not only that they're good looking, but they're intelligent, and they're blessed and they're favored. Okay. And what's she doing? She's creating healthy soil for their seed to germinate and flourish. Never call your children devil. You devil or you little monkey. No, 
The first will destroy a child's self-image and the second belittles the child. Even if they do something wrong, separate the person from the action. Tell them, look, you're all right, but what you did is wrong. Or maybe uh, the kind of thing that you're doing right now or did is not consistent with the man of God that you are. Hallelujah. You see, when you're in that kind of encouraging environment where people don't judge you according to what you do, but because of what you are in Christ, okay, that will allow each child to grow and flourish in a household. So you need to have people who always protect you and to keep the soil around you healthy. And what I'm saying is uh, you don't get to places, uh, the good places in your life on your own. You get there because you've got good soil around you, people who believe in you, people who support you, people who constantly encourage you. You see, your soil is just as important as your seed. And it could be that you experience, uh, what your experience is, is just the opposite, that you haven't had those people around you to support you. But instead of just saying uh, what you could become and could do these people they constantly say that you can't become it and you'll never do it but the good news is this that this no longer has to continue your seed is still alive and now if you make a decision today to plant yourself into different soil into a different environment into different relationships with people of faith with friends who inspire you then I can guarantee you, your seed will take root and you'll begin to blossom like never before. You see, you can still achieve the fullness of God's plan for you. So finally, number five, the fifth thought, get around someone who has already advanced to the next level. You know, God's word says that Elisha was a farmer who worked in the fields. We here in Brazil, we know that there are a lot of farms, a lot of farm workers. You see, Elisha had a simple, limited upbringing and a small future as a, as a farmer ahead of him. But one day, Elijah came by and called him. And Elijah, he was a great prophet and was doing great things for the Lord in those days. And so when he came by, Elisha saw something in Elijah that he wanted. He recognized that walking with Elijah would bring the same favor into his life. So he connected with the prophet. He ran after him. He thought to himself probably, look, the soil there is good. This is what I need uh, for my life. I need to have my, my seed planted in that soil. And so for years, Elisha served Elijah. He attended to him in many different ways, poured water on his hands, brought him food, didn't leave him. In fact, three times Elijah tried to get Elisha to go his own way, but he stuck to him. He never left. And when Elijah was taken to heaven, Elisha received a double portion of his anointing. You see, if Elisha had stayed in that field, in that limited environment with the friends with whom he'd grown up, he'd have never received the double portion. He had to put his seed into the right soil in order to flourish. And I believe the same is for you and me. Maybe you've been brought up in a limited environment. Maybe you've been brought up with, around people who have never really seen much of a future for you, but you can make some changes. I believe that God always puts Elijah's in our lives. He'll send one to you. You need to recognize the day when the prophet arrives. Uh, you need to recognize when somebody comes to you and they're speaking words of life and you need to stick by those people because by sticking by them, you're going to flourish like never before. 
David had a similar experience. He was brought up, in fact, he was probably the most rejected son of his father, Jesse. The other boys were favored over him and he was left out in the fields. Uh, but when Samuel came to visit, when the prophet came to town and anointed David, David stuck by Samuel from then on. Samuel became his discipler, the guy who spoke into his life and that allowed David to go from shepherd boy to king. His future was different because he got around somebody who was more anointed, more filled with faith, had more revelation than him. And that was transferred now onto David instead of that negative environment with his brothers in his household. Everything changed. Your life can change as well just by shifting the seed into a different type of soil. You see, you need people in your life who are more mature than you. People who have a bigger vision, who are more successful. You must be exposed to new levels before you can be promoted to those levels. You need to get one of these good disciples or coaches or mentors. You need to connect with dreamers. People have a bigger vision than yours. You see, does your vision increase or decrease when you're around your friends? Are you challenged with them, motivated, inspired, or are you discouraged, negative, uh, and exhausted? I'm not saying that all your friends should inspire you, but you need to have one or two that light a fire inside of you and push you forward. Find someone who has already achieved what you want. And this is the type of person who can pull you up. You see, in Acts chapter 3, we read about a crippled man who lay at the temple door, at the gate of the temple called Beautiful, begging. And Peter appeared one day and said to him, look, I've got no silver and I've got no gold, but what I have, this I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And so Peter said that. And at first, nothing happened. The man looked at Peter as if to say, look, I'm crippled. I've always been like this. I can't walk. Uh, and this could have been the end of the story. Peter also could have thought, look, I did my part. It didn't work. But the scripture says that then Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And in doing so, in that process, the man's legs were instantly healed. And I want you to note that Peter did not let the man stay on the floor. He gave him no choice. He prayed for him and then he pulled him up. And you need friends like Peter who won't let you stay on the ground on the floor of life. And when you're unable to get up alone, these are the people who will get down onto your level and lift you up. You see, they are the people, the kind of people who you will, uh, you will not feel from them like you're a victim. Uh, they won't help you to feel sorry for yourself. They're people who love you so much that when, if you get down or get depressed or something uh, negative happens to you, they won't just pray for you or leave you there. They'll come along into your life and they'll pull you up. They'll say, you can make it. The Lord is with thee. Let's do this together. Together we're stronger. Hallelujah. They won't, tell you, they won't agree with you that you're a victim. You can be sure. But they'll tell you you're a victor because you're in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And this is the environment, obviously, where your seed is going to germinate. It's going to multiply. Uh, you may have fallen, uh, but you don't need to stay on the floor anymore. Get up. There are new levels of faith and of victory to experience. Hallelujah. You see, you may have been hurt, but God will manifest the glory now in the midst of your ashes. So have you lost anything precious? Uh, I've got a promise for you today. God is about to restore things to you. Have you perhaps experienced terrible disappointment in your life? Mm. Get up. A new beginning can happen today. Uh, 
all the promises of God are still available to you. I'm here to be one of these people to encourage you, to pick you up today. Are you still single after praying for years? Arise, my friend. The right person is on the way. It's a promise from God. Or perhaps you're facing financial difficulties. I'm here to say, look up. God's going to open the windows of heaven for you. Hallelujah. See, all of us need people to pull us upwards towards the destiny and the promises that God has uh, called us to. So like the crippled man, you may not be able to get up to the next level on your own. You might need somebody right now. Get around those people. Look for someone stronger and more successful, full of faith. Paralytics can't help paralytics. Blind people can't help the blind or guide the blind. They both end up in the pit. Addicted people can't help others get off their addictions. It's good to empathize with somebody who has the same problem as us, but what we need is to find somebody who's already got the victory, already moved to the next level. Look for those people in your life. Get around those people. God's going to send someone to you. God's got many Peters waiting uh, to help those who want to come up to the same level. I believe he's got somebody prepared to lift you up. So don't sit around in a state of dysfunction with other dysfunctional people for the rest of your life. You don't need to do that. Your seed cannot grow in that soil. Get away from those ones, okay, who are still feeding on the dysfunction. Stay away from them uh, and get around people who aren't going to hold you down, but are going to lift you up. Hallelujah. Perhaps you need to start weeding today. Get rid of those thorny friends, those people who are pulling you down. Be selective. Uh, with what you pay attention to, put your mind to daily. If you want to see your seed or keep your seed in good soil. And I declare that a Peter is about to appear to take you to a new level and that you are about to blossom like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. And we like to finish with an opportunity for people to give their lives to Christ. And if you've never done that before, say these words after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. And I thank you for a new heart and a new start. Amen. And we believe that you've now been born again we encourage you to join a Christ-centered church in your area. God bless you. To acquire more teachings to help you grow in wisdom and grace, check out our website, thegreatmission.org, where you can order paper copies or Kindle versions of inspiring materials, such as, There's a Miracle Coming Your Way. Finally, we would also ask you to consider becoming a partner of TGM, The Great Mission. Through a network of missionary evangelists, we are holding events in Asia, Africa, and South America to get the gospel of grace in word and action to hundreds of families every month. We hold grace festivals where multitudes of needy people have received food parcels and been transformed by the message of God's goodness and grace. By becoming a monthly partner, you can be part of a worldwide harvest of souls. Thanks for your consideration.